everyone. Hello and good afternoon to everyone and welcome to our He's Just podcast. This is our second show and I'm super excited about today because our guest today is a person who is extremely special to me. We'll learn more about her and her journey and I also want to begin to remind everyone that the work on this platform for myself has always been as the founder of the He's Just a Social Worker movement is to make sure that we are heard. I want to make sure that we have the opportunity to not be labeled or put in boxes. I want us to be able to not be overlooked and our plight is for anyone and everyone who feels a need to be understood. We are strong as individuals, but we will be unstoppable when we unite. I'm Jules Duget, and here's our new podcast coming out for you today. And before I introduce today's guests, I want to just touch base on some of the facts about what we know. The world that we live in is real. The things that we are faced with are real as well. And what we are finding is that there are things that continuously find us. There are obstacles that continuously haunt us. And one of those things is mental health. So today's show we have titled as Mental Health Does Not Discriminate. And one of the reasons we thought about having this show was mainly because we are learning from mental health that there is no way to escape it. Everyone that we know either has dealt with mental health, has a family member, or knows of someone who actually has been riddled with mental health. What we will learn today is that there are still many things that are unknown, but together we will continue to look for ways to fight this fight and stay together. I want to introduce my guest today, Marissa Mangone. She's a lifelong, long Norwalk resident and currently serves as Senior Officer of Business Development and Community Partnerships at Mid Fairfield Community Care Center. She is amazing in so many things, but just to give you a little bit of feedback, she's earned a degree in political science from Sacred Heart in 2003. She began her professional career at the Legislative Office Building in Hartford. And during that time, she was able to return to Norwalk where she launched her career working in local and nonprofits. We can go on and on about the work that she's done for nonprofits, the advocacy work that she continuously does with almost 20 years plus in this field. She's led development, fundraising, community partnerships, so many efforts that are focused on children's mental health, she served on so many roles within Norwalk and beyond, within the school system, community-based initiatives, PTA president, school governance council member. There are words that cannot even explain what she means to me and to the people that know her about this work. Always greets you with a smile and she wears her, and she wears her heart on her sleeve. I am so proud to have her here with me today. And she has a lovely husband of 16 years and two beautiful children. 
Marissa, welcome. Oh my goodness, Jules, that is totally unnecessary. And as you're talking, I'm like, wow, um, I'm humbled and um, just grateful to be here with you and um, just to kind of shine a light on, on this topic that is so near and dear to my heart for so many reasons. Mm. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm not one to, um, to hear things about myself. <laughs> it's not my favorite thing in the world, but I'm grateful and, and um, incredibly honored to, to be here with you today. You know, the great ones never say that they want to hear how great they are. But I like to remind yeah, you of thank that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, now that we're talking about mental health and, you know, advocacy work, what is it that drew you to this work? Um, gosh, there's so many things. I think, um, you know, I, I think mental health has always been a part of my life in general. Um, I was incredibly fortunate um, to have a family that was very open and honest about talking about, you know, their feelings and where they were at. And um, even peers growing up, um, you know, just incredibly fortunate. And I, you know, my parents and I never felt ashamed um, to talk about how I was feeling. Mm. And so the older I got, the more I realized how lucky I was um, for so many reasons. And the older I got, the more I realized that not everyone had the same opportunities that I did in terms of, again, just mm -hmm. feeling an opportunity to be so open. And so, um, and, and just growing up, you know, having friends experience um, struggles and like you said initially, mental health does not discriminate. And so um, I think things really shifted. Um, I had struggled, but I think as a parent, I think that's one of the things that drives me mm. every single day to do this work. Um, I have a 13 year old and 11 year old mm -hmm. who are everything to me. Mm -hmm. and. I can think of nothing more important in this world than to ensure that they are supported emotionally, um, that they have the resources that they need if they are struggling. Um, and unfortunately, so many children and families in our world don't have that support, don't have that access. Yes. And so, you know, how can you pick and choose, right? Like, how is that, how is that fair? And so um, I think the more we can talk about it, the more we can shine a light on it, the more we can advocate for support, um, everything from, you know, prevention mm -hmm. uh, work um, to deep dive interventions. Um, again, I, I can think of nothing more important. And I, and I also think too, you know, mm -hmm. being able to talk about it, to not be ashamed about it, to, um, you know, you, you always hear people when they're physically hurt or when they're physically struggling, they go to the doctors, they mm -hmm. get antibiotics, they get medication and there's no question about it. But still when people are struggling with depression or anxiety or whatever it is that they're going through, um, there is still some shame in it, right? It's gotten better, but just normalizing it. And we've had this conversation before that it's really okay not to be okay. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, I just, I can think of nothing more important. And I, I credit my parents um, mm. for giving me the space um, and really kind of being so incredible to, again, 
it's okay to not be okay. You know, those of you that know um, Marissa can, can definitely attest to how she advocates for her families, regardless of their ability to pay. That's a word that she always says, regardless of their ability to pay. And I think that that's what I'm hearing here. The opportunity for families to feel supported and feel safe in their own space. You know, there, there are many organizations that have conducted surveys and there's research that's identified mental health as one of the big proponents of what we deal with day to day. And I know that there is information for you around the youth regarding that. I know that there are some surveys I can read off maybe Mental Health America says about 20% of adults struggle with mental health. That's about 50 million Americans. Um, but the children and teens, can you speak to some of that that you've seen from the business side of this? Yeah, I mean, the numbers are staggering. Um, and I think we're seeing that more so um, post-COVID, uh, in the post-COVID world that we mm -hmm. live in. And one of the things that we're seeing is the level of, I'm gonna use a, a clinical word, acuity, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the complex needs of children younger and younger and younger. You know, um, you hear stories on the news um, of, you know, eight-year-olds, seven-year-olds, mm -hmm. uh, you know, struggling, um, trying to take their own life. And um, I think the numbers speak for themselves. And I think really, um, you know, to have a child feel that helpless and hopeless, um, we, we have to do better. We have to be better. And um, because it, it, if a child is, is not mentally well, and, and I hate to use that word mentally well, mm -hmm. right? Because that's not, you know, that's not the right word to use, but how are children able to access their education? How are they able to, you know, um, work collaboratively with peers and and understand um, life, right? If if they don't feel safe and supported themselves. Um, mm -hmm. And so again, I know you threw out some stats and I can go on and on about the stats, but again, mm -hmm. um, so we can talk about the school piece just for the conversation's sake. Where is it that schools can benefit? You just mentioned maybe a child, six, seven years of age, who is struggling with mental health. Hmm. What can schools do? Like, these are some of the challenges. What, what do you think schools need? to get that wraparound support? I mean, I think, you know, it always comes down to obviously funding, right, mm -hmm. is always an issue. Yes. Um, capacity, um, there's not enough capacity to meet demand. I, I, no mm -hmm. matter where you are in this world, um, it is it is staggering. Um, I think in, you know, investing in, you know, community resources is huge. Um, partnering with local organizations is yes. huge. I think um, ensuring teachers are first and foremost supported mm -hmm. um, and not just teachers, but staff in general, um, anyone working with a child mm -hmm. um, needs to feel supported. And so I think, again, 
really looking at the needs. Um, and on, this is, I'm, I'm coming at it from a parent lens. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's funny, anytime I introduce myself in the community or anywhere <laughs> I am, um, you know, first and foremost, I'm a parent. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's who I am and that's where I come from. Um, and so I think really being able to get more supports in mm-hmm. the schools, mm-hmm. um, whether that be clinicians, whether that be training opportunities for staff and families, um, mental health literacy mm-hmm. um, is huge. And um, again, we talked about that prevention to intervention piece. And I think really being able to provide mm-hmm. a continuum of care um, and or be aware of the resources within the community, right, to continue those partnerships. Um, and, and uh, you know, you, you talk about the parent piece, and that's where your superhero cape usually appears the most. You know, what can a parent do who may have learned that their child is struggling with mental health? Starts with behaviors, but now it kind of ripples down. What, what what are some of the things that you think families can connect to? So it's so interesting. I was talking to a dear friend um, earlier, and um, I'm sure she'll be listening to this and she'll know who she is. No one gives you a manual. No one gives you a manual mm. on what it's like to be a parent. And it is hard. It is the hardest job in the entire world. Um, one day things are great. The next day they're hard. And um, take away the mental health piece of your child. And if your child's struggling um, in whatever capacity, it's just hard in general to be a parent. Yes. Um, and so no one teaches you or gives you the tools um, to, you know, when, when your child comes to you and says, hey, mom, I'm really anxious today. What mm. do I do? Right. We ourselves as parents are just trying to survive. Right. Yeah. Like we're trying to just like get through the day. We have work. We have the house. We have our our spouses. We have other kids. Mm-hmm. And I think society, we move so fast now that it's kind of really hard to kind of take a step back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think encouraging parents to talk to other parents, mm. right? Again, knowing that you're not alone, um, that there are others who are kind of potentially going through the same thing and rely on those people in your network of supports. Um, I also think Um, One of the things that I've learned um, that I can't say enough um, as a parent is to advocate for your child. Mm. Um, That is that is um, the most, you know, one of the most important things that I found and and get a system around you um, who can help support and advocate for your child. Um, These are the things that I think um, I was telling our listeners about you. The fact that you really don't care about what the fight is going to cost. You really don't care how long it takes. The process that you are willing to go through is one thing, but your willingness to educate other parents, that's why I have so much love and respect for you because I know that you've done it many a times. You don't take credit for it, obviously but you're there trying to help a parent who probably doesn't know how to navigate a system. You're, you're there trying to connect someone to resources that they either A, don't understand, may be ashamed of. Hmm. What does it take for, for you to just say, look, I'm gonna step out of my box and help this person? Like, I've seen you do it. 
I mean, I, I go back to, I'm going to kind of get emotional here. Um, I go back to my parents mm. um, because they taught me to step outside of the box mm. that, um, you know, why are we any different than the next person? And um, it's just, I, I don't even, I don't even thank you. Thank you for, for what you just said, but I, and I don't, I'm taken aback and so emotional because it's just not an option. Like there's, mm -hmm. it's not an option. It's what we mm -hmm. have to do to ensure our children and our families um, are successful, you, you know, do feel hope. Um, mm -hmm. Because personally, I know what it's like to not feel hope. And um, I've, you know, seeing children um, and families not have hope. And I think mm. if we can hold on to that, um, that's what drives me. Um, and that's, that's what I think is so important. And, and, I, and I'm very fortunate to work in a space where I see people around me really driving that home, that, that sense of hope. Um, yeah. Because, you know, when you're in this field, it is tough and, and there are so many people that do amazing work day in and day out. Um, and it is a, it is tough. It is tough to hear. It is tough to, um, navigate. And I think, um, hope is, is a big piece of it. I think your work has stepped off way beyond no work. I mean, through and through as a no work resident, I want people to value the, the type of policy work that you've fought for, the advocacy work that you've stepped on. Many times I've seen you fighting at the helm for people who don't even know the language and you're stepping in there trying to make sure. And I've seen this because of one, you always use words like everyone is in this together kind of thing. You've always used words that make us feel that it's easy to do. Don't worry about it like we got this. And, and that's what I just got from what you just shared. The people that you work with also share the same intensity. What are things that you believe when things don't go right for a parent? They tried one thing, they tried a system, they're thinking about giving up because they're worried. What are things that you can tell our parents who, who are probably struggling and listening to us now saying, you know, why it never works for me? What can I do to make this better? I wish I had a magic. I wish I could say something that like the snap of my fingers, right? And say, okay, this, mm -hmm. you do this and you're good. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we know that's not the case. Um, and I think, you know, you touched upon that advocacy piece, um, looking at the systems, right? And, mm -hmm. and really looking at the structures um, that are set up um, and um, taking a hard look at what those are. And I also think in terms of, you know, being a parent, it's, you keep fighting and I know it's horrible. It's, mm -hmm. it's, this uphill battle um, sometimes. And it's like, you know, one one wall and another wall and another wall and another wall and you feel alone and it's so hard. Um, but, you know, if you can connect yourself to one person who, who has your back, right, that will fight with you, mm -hmm. um, I think that's the first step. 
And I think, um, you know, getting communities, getting, you know, the legislators, getting, getting people involved, um, you know, that's how we change things. And so, um, I think the more we can educate individuals on the power of their voice, um, and that, you know, collectively, when we come together, we can really make a difference. Thank you for that. And, and one thing that we know about today's topic, mental health does not know race. You can have as much money, you can have wealth, you can have good health, you have all of the things that you can possibly have in some way, somehow, this can find you and it can creep up and sneak up on you. Um, I want you to tell us a little bit about how is it when you realize to yourself, what am I really dealing with? And I'm just gonna read out a few words and then you take us through this. She had a pretty wonderful childhood. She was a happy child whose love life was contagious, a glass half full. Memories consistent of laughter, lots of love, and a solid foundation. And I'm paraphrasing, but though she would smile often, there were almost also moments of sadness and pain that were not revealed to anyone. What does that tell us? So, um, I was meeting with uh, someone earlier, actually, my mentor, um, and uh, he knows who he is. And um, he, looking back, you know, he got me this mug once that said, perfection is the enemy of the good. Mm. And I think, we um, oftentimes, or I'm not going to say we, I can speak for myself, um, sometimes define who we are by, you know, what we do, what we accomplish, um, not showing people that, you know, things are hard, right? And so um, I think that letting people know like you like we talked originally that mm -hmm. it's okay to not be okay it's mm -hmm. okay to show those cracks because that's what makes us human um that's what makes us who we are and so um i think just learning to you know be yourself and and be okay in your own skin and to you know that know that um the ebbs and flows of life are what make us who we are and it doesn't always have to be like hey everything's great yes. you know things cannot be okay and you can still um be happy i guess that's what i'm trying to say i'm going to continue to read because this is a fascinating story and it says her need for perfection was strong stronger than most do your best be your best always strive to be your best self and then there are moments when you start looking at this and then you wonder, these are things I tell myself, all of us out here, listeners, people who are tuned into us, understand that this is real. The depression and anxiety gradually made its way to the forefront. How does that go from perfection to gradually now showing up? And for the listeners who are probably confused, I'm just reading out a short story 
and we'll put sense to this later, but just ride with us now. We're trying to put into context what it may look like for someone who may be struggling and can't understand or identify. So could you tell us the depression and anxiety gradually made its way to the forefront? I think when you fight so hard to not acknowledge um, struggles, um, at certain points, right? Because you're known as someone who's happy. You are known as someone, right? Like you're identified yes. as that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a little bit harder to then, you know, always trying to keep up. Right. And, you know, um, and I also think we're faced with things in our life while we may have the support, um, and we may have the resources. There are really things that we have to go through in order to become the people that we're meant to be. And mm -hmm. it's really hard mm -hmm. um, to hear that sometimes, mm -hmm. especially when you know, you're in a place that is so, so dark and so challenging. Mm. Um, and uh, Can you help our listeners? Um, does it make a difference if this person is making money, not making money, working, getting her check or her or maybe his check every two weeks. Does this make a difference? No, it doesn't. I think it helps. Right. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, um, but it doesn't. I think, you know, we're all just people, mm -hmm. right? We're all just living this thing called life. Mm -hmm. And um, Again, it doesn't discriminate. You could be, you said it before, mm -hmm. millionaire, billionaire, mm -hmm. um, and it still creeps in. And I think the more we are aware of that, right? Mm -hmm. The more we are aware of the ups and downs and, and that that is normal, right? Normalizing, normalizing it is, um, is something that I, I want people to know and that it is okay. Mm -hmm. And thank you for sharing that. Because I think that when we begin to think about our own practice, our own SEL toolkits or, or armor, we're always concerned about what others may be thinking. I think that that's the first thing that creeps in. I know that it did for me and it may do for others as well. There are times that we were thinking, what are other people going to think? And then it goes on to say, she started to run. The girl who once had everything had absolutely nothing. What do these phrases sound like to you? Um, I think that there's, you know, that fear, mm. right? I think, I know I said this um, and I keep saying the word, it's interesting. Um, the older we get, I think the more comfortable we become mm -hmm. with um, with who we are and not being afraid of those tools and not being afraid of those things that we kind of learn along the way. Um, I looking back on my 20 year old self, mm. right? Like you're going to be okay. It is, it's, yeah. it's okay. And I think, you know, when we're younger, we put so much pressure on ourselves, right? Like who are we? what we do does that define who we are yes and um it doesn't 
right? Because in the end, right, it's just about being a good person. And it's just about, again, going back to my parents, my parent hat, which is what I always go to is raising kids that are compassionate and kind and caring and know right from wrong. Um, and I think fear drives a lot of, of, of where we are sometimes yeah. um, and some of the decisions that we make. And when I say we, I'm not, I'm just speaking generally. Mm -hmm. um, and this is just coming from me. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we does make sense because right now, if we were to frame this, a, a teenager, a young adult congregates having dinner every night with his or her family and they're sitting down and the teenager can't escape that fear, can't think about some of these things that are impacting them internally. They can't help but think that people are looking at them mm -hmm. funny, worried about how they are. So thinking of that, even as a parent, what, what are things that you think that people are going through when a teenager shows up and says, hey, I don't, I don't think straight. I can't, I can't understand this. I think, I think sometimes when we think of mental illness or mental health or when someone struggles, mm that defines who we are, right? Like, oh, that's their label, right? Like, oh, she's got anxiety or, oh, he's depressed or, oh, mm. you know, um, I think knowing and, and that we're more than that, right? That we aren't defined, like, right? Like, right? Mm -hmm. He's not just a social worker, that's right. right? Like, he, we're more than just, mm. We're more than just. And so, you know, when I think of my kids and, you know, they're struggling in whatever capacity. And meanwhile, they're 11 and, and 13. So their struggles mm -hmm. are different mm -hmm. um, than every other child or wherever mm -hmm. we are in the age continuum or what have you. Mm -hmm. um, it's talking, it's listening. It's just letting them know that they're not alone and that, you know, I'm here to support you. We're here to support you. We have your back mm. and it's okay to be scared or it's okay to need a day to stay home from school so you can just chill and kind of regroup. And it's okay to, you know, have an argument with a friend or it's okay to be upset that you didn't get invited here. It's mm -hmm. all part of growing up. Yeah. Um, but that moment when you are upset, does not define the next moment. Um, and so trying to kind of encourage that and, and let people know that um, is something that I think I try to do. I don't know if I do it very well. Um, if, you talk to my kids, if you talk to my kids, they're gonna be like, mom, not so much. But in my mind, you know, it makes sense. Like I said before, she's a superhero, one that never wants to take credit. But I want to say this, you know, looking at this from a parent lens, there are things that do draw us to have more intent. Now it's one of our own kids, maybe as a family member, maybe as a neighbor that we know. So it could it could happen at any time and you don't know when your calling is. And thank you for realizing that the why of what this organization stands for is the is the why he's just is the why mm -hmm. to this because 
we want everyone to know that in a society that is fast paced, that technology drives even some of our younger students or, or children, 11, 13, these guys are like older people now yeah. because of the technology. Yeah. I'm like my son. I'm like, hey, what do I do here? How do I do? <laughs> and I'm pretty savvy. Yeah. Like, yeah. there are things that we will continue to learn from ourselves. So, you know, listen to your children. Look for those keywords. Mm-hmm. Look for the body language is what I'm yep. starting to get here. Think about the things that you were thinking about at that age, but don't make it about you. You know, it's more about think about what they may be going through. And I just want to go on, you know, her parents, her sister, she slept, she slept. And I'm paraphrasing. She no longer wanted to be a victim of depression and anxiety. She was different this time. Who is that? So that's me. Um, and um, I shared um, uh, some of my experiences as it relates to mental health uh, mm. with Jules. And, um, you know, I've struggled personally in my own life. Um, and uh, it's not something that I am ashamed of. Mm. Um, and I. I want people to know that you can come through the other side, Mm. that when you feel those darkest of moments, that if you can just get up and you can move and you can shift, um, I, I, it's hard when you're in it. Um, and, um, you know, in my early twenties, I, uh, I tried to take my life and it's mm-hmm. not something I'm ashamed of, like I said. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, going through that journey um, has been incredibly hard. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my husband of uh, 16 years has been my rock and has mm-hmm. been with me every step of the way, as have my parents and my friends and family. And mm-hmm. I think, too, you know, we talked about initially why I'm driven so much to this work, mm-hmm. um, because I've lived it. I've lived it. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be in that moment. And I refuse to um, to stand by mm. and um, not, and do nothing. That's it. I think that your she's just moment there was just captivating. First and foremost, thank you so much for, for sharing for trusting me in this opportunity in this venue. But I think that knowing you the time that I've known you, this is what makes you special. The fact that you are willing to model for others your own struggle, but it always ends good because you're such a fighter. She doesn't run anymore. She knows where to find the light. It's in her always. What's that? Um. Gosh, it's, uh, I think, again, I think it's um, knowing that this is where I'm supposed to be, Mm. Um, fighting for something that I truly believe in, that, you know, I think um, my kids deserve, our kids deserve, not just mine, our, when I say our, I mean, all of our children. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think finding the joys, um, the little things, um, you know, when I was struggling, um, when that moment did happen, um, you know, waking up and seeing my now husband right next to me mm. in the hospital, um, knowing in that moment that I, I didn't want to be a victim of my own circumstances, that I didn't yes. want to be known or identified as the girl that struggled or the girl with depression or the girl with anxiety, mm -hmm. um, that I was more than that. And I think um, finding that light and finding that encouragement, um, I'll always go back to my parents and, um, you know, the people around me and, you know, my sister and my cousins and um, just the network. Um, and and I, I, I've lost loved ones. I've lost friends and I've lost family members. And um, anytime I hear of someone uh, taking their life, it, it is it is very hard um, because I know I know that feeling and I know that moment and um, I just want to be able to do what I can to let people know that in those moments they're not alone. I want to um, again just thank you for for being transparent for just being you always but there are ways that for people who are struggling with these thoughts um, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 1-800-273-8255, 1-800-273-8255. This is one way to get this information. I think that you talked about having a support system. What are things that people should look for when they're struggling, when they're ready to say, I need help? What What is one thing that probably has not been mentioned that we should think about, if you can think of any? I mean, I think, it, you know, we talked about it reaching out, yeah. right? Um, whether that be, you know, to um, to someone you know, someone you don't know, right? Mm -hmm. um, I talked about my mentor. Um, I have another mentor who um, knows who he is as well, mm -hmm. um, and uh, he'll know this by uh, we talked about your your amazing swag right here, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm gonna get him to do your swag. So <laughs> as I'm talking and he's listening, he'll know who he is. Um, him and I have these conversations constantly yes. um, about um, just being kind because I think when we're kind, people are 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 drawn to us and, and not kind of selfishly just knowing that um whether you're walking down the street and you can smile um mm. just letting people know that there are other people that are there yeah. for them i don't know if that makes sense in my brain as i'm talking it does but mm -hmm. as i'm talking now it may, may might not um i think you know um and the resources right whether it be therapy mm -hmm. um whether it be peer support groups mm -hmm. um whether it be your teachers whether it be your mentor whether it be um a friend um just reaching out yeah. um is is probably the thing that i would encourage um people uh to do and again it's going back to knowing that they're that they're not alone i know that for the latino community there are many things that we when we come to this country that we are dealt with we come here layered with with amount of trauma mm -hmm. there are th 
things that we probably can't even speak of that people have dealt with because of their fight to come to this country for a better life. Now, this is just one area that I know you understand what it is to be a newcomer for a person to come here to 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 deal with new culture, mm-hmm. learning a language, trying to capture something that they left behind in their country because it's either gang violence or fighting or something drew them here. What can you tell our Spanish listeners who come layered with some of this trauma who who may be on that path and don't understand the symptoms Mm -hmm. because they're so used to the struggle Mm -hmm. um that is so powerful and i'm so happy that you are lifting this up um because it is it is incredibly important and i i have co-workers that um work incredibly hard um supporting um supporting this work and i think um one of the things that we're constantly talking about is ensuring that um individuals basic needs are met right and so um whether that be you know housing shelter um food Mm -hmm. um you know any type of support um is is incredibly important because again if you don't have those basic needs how are you able to um, access right any other that's the priority in that moment right mm-hmm. um i'd encourage uh individuals to look at the resources again in the community and i mm-hmm. think it's also important for the community as community any community mm-hmm. as a whole mm-hmm. right um if there are resources to again um get it out there that there are supports that do exist i plan to put um on my website um, or, or like a resource page and I began telling Jim when he first came on and I plan to put on Norwalk Axe and different p- places. Shout out Norwalk Axe! Yeah, yes sir, <laughs> yep, yep. And, and the reason why is because I think that by building a place where we can store information, yeah, people that come to visit can get this out. And and in any language, right? right. Um, access is huge. Um, equitable access is huge. I think that's kind of where I go back to and why my fight is so strong um, mm. for the children in our community. Because and again, our community. I'm thinking not just in the community I live in, but beyond beyond, um, because it. It shouldn't matter, right? Your wealth, whether you have money or not, whether you, mm. you know, um, have whatever it is that you have. Like it, it shouldn't. Why is my child any different from the next in terms of being able to get support? Yes. Um, just because of wh- whatever that reason is, I, 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 I just can't rest on that. I can't rest on. Um, mm not ensuring that the child next to my child knowing that they may be struggling can't go see a therapist or can't get help Mm -hmm. um it's just it's just not okay and so i think you know you brought up norwalk acts um, which is a phenomenal organization Mm -hmm. um here in norwalk Mm -hmm. collective impact and i i will say our community um the nonprofit community in norwalk 
Um, it is something that I am incredibly proud to be a part of. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many resources here mm -hmm. and um, I'd encourage those listening um, mm -hmm. and those in the community to take a really hard look. You know, we talk of ourselves sometimes as the safety net and I don't look that as a negative. I think that is that is who we are and, and that's what we're here to do. And one of the other things that's incredibly unique about our community is we work together like we really are um, the providers in this community. I mean, the last thing we want mm -hmm. is a child on a wait list for yeah. services or a child struggling. So picking up that phone and saying, hey, mm -hmm. what's your availability? You know, who else um, can we connect that child to or that family to? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm really proud to, to be a part of this community that cares so deeply about not just the children and families, but every, every individual. Here's that line again and stepping out of this box once more, <laughs> regardless of their ability to pay. Yeah. You know, now that we've talked about this, and I know that hopefully when we come together and have another show, and I'm hoping you're hey, coming back. Hey, listen, I, I'm game for anything. That's I think right. this is, I think, I, you know, it's incredibly important. And I think there's so many things that kind of intertwine with this, mm -hmm. um, just in general. So I, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm game. You know, there are layers to this, and I talked about trauma, but there's substance abuse. Yep. There are other issues around parenting that connects with this as well. So before I let you go, I just want to make sure, tea or coffee? What is your preference, tea or coffee? Oh my gosh, coffee. Um, okay. It's, um, I, my kids will tell you that it is, um, a part of my daily life. Okay. It is, um, I, I don't like to use the word vice, um, mm -hmm. but it is my vice. <laughs> um, it, everyone knows it's funny, um, coworkers, we were going around in a room um, talking about, okay, it's when it's people's birthday, what kind of cake do you like or mm -hmm. what, what do you want? Mm -hmm. And I like just put Starbucks. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't want anything. I just want a Starbucks. It's, it's, that's, it. that's, how I, that's how I get through the day. So this is how a superhero is created, friends. Drink coffee. No cake, nothing else, just coffee. Cake's good too. I want you to leave our listeners with some parting words. I, I am so happy that we that we did this. And you know the love and respect that I have for you. And I say that to you every time I see you. I know, I know. It's totally unnecessary. And, and vice versa. I feel the same. I remember meeting you, gosh, it was like four or five years ago. Yeah and just felt this instant connection because you are so real and you are so committed and you wear your heart on your sleeve like you like and, and it's just it's you're amazing and i know you know you're saying all this wonderful stuff and it's so kind um but it is it is right back at you and i think you know what you bring and what you're doing and being able to kind of shine a light on all of this mm. um is remarkable and um so kudos to you and many more of these to come i'm oh, stoked for you thank you my friend loves you but um can you before you go give our message of what you want our friends to remember today um i just want to you know that you're not alone that you know as parents as women as humans we are all really just trying to do the best that we can mm. and that's okay um and that um and that it's hard 
that that life is hard, um, but surrounding yourself with um, things that make you happy. Um, mm -hmm. And I think too, why I love this work so much is because it makes me happy. Um, and um, I think, I think I, I just want people to know that they're not alone and that, um, you know, it's okay to not be okay. That is a killer phrase, my friend. And I want to thank everyone who's tuned in today. Please follow me at He's Just a Social Worker on Insta. I'm on Linktagram. I am everywhere. Linktagram and Instagram, both of them put together. <laughs> but I also want to add that the work that we do here is not about a profession is not about labels that we may have. It's about what we do for the people. It's about thinking of those of us who are labeled, who are boxed in, who are worried that someone may or may not judge them. We have no judgments here. This is for anyone and everyone who feels a need to be understood. Remember my words, we are strong as individuals, but we are unstoppable as we unite. Tune in next time, my friends, to the next He's Just movement. I'm so happy, my friend, that you joined us. I'm, I'm again, honored and um, so excited to see what's in store for you. For a superhero woman yeah. on our show. I'm so happy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Keep tuning in, friends. He's Just a Social Worker coming to a town near you pretty soon. Bye-bye. We out. Please note that the views expressed here are my own and not a representation of my employers and clients. Thank you for listening. We're always here for you. Just message us and we'll get back to you within 24 hours. Thank you. More than just at He's Just a Social Worker.